and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon to discuss all the latest goings on at Parkhead. On the pod today, we take a look at the transfer window so far, what's happened already and what could be yet to come. With three signings in place, how will they fit into Brendan Rodgers' side and who could be looking at uh, the place with a, a wee bit of fear at the moment. And we look ahead to Celtic's weekend Scottish Cup clash with Airdrie. So, Michael, we're approaching the halfway point in the, the January transfer window. How are you How are you holding thank, up? Thank goodness. <laughs> well, January's a long month at the best times. Uh-huh, um, but um, we're, we're slowly creeping through the days now. Um, we're halfway through it. Um, I still think there's going to be some business to be done, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been quite a busy wee start to the month. I mean, it tends to be quite quiet at the start of January. But uh, all across Scotland, it's been a fairly um, productive few few days so far. Mm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it, how it unfolds gonna, um, in the last fortnight. Uh-huh. So as, as you said, we had that kind of rush of activity, I suppose at Celtic especially, kind yeah. of Oliver Burke uh, coming out of nowhere. The Timothy Ray one had been on the, the, the agenda for a wee while, and then you obviously had Bio as well. Uh, so as we enter enter another week, um, probably one of the, the kind of more, well, maybe more outlandish links to Celtic, uh, just coming out in the past, just the past few hours or so, uh, a, pos- a possible move according to media in Greece for Yaya Touré, um, would you, where would you place that one on the scale? Yeah, of- well, we, we heard the, the, the rumours on the Sunday about the... The big stage getting erected at Parkhead yeah. for the, the, the arrival uh-huh. um, a Monday afternoon. There was a room specially sat, sat aside. Yeah, the, the big so unveiling of a, a superstar name. Every year we, hear, <laughs> we get this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't quite uh, turn out to be the case. Yeah, yeah, Tour is a, a name obviously he's mentioned a few times with uh, his brother on the books at Celtic Park. Um, looking at it, listen, big yeah, yeah, Tour is a world-class performer these day. CV second to none. Um, but 35 years old, how many, many games have played this season for Olympiacos? Ah, uh, well, for four, anybody, four or yeah. five games maybe. Yeah, for anybody who's you know kind of not quite kept up to date with what Yaya Touri's been doing with himself, he was he was at Olympiacos at the start of the season. Yeah. He played only four times, and then he agreed to to have his contract his contract terminated. Yeah. Um. So I mean, Olympiacos, you know, no disrespect to them, but they're not you know exactly giants on the no the European stage. Um, and if he's he's sort of struggling to to make, I mean, obviously you don't know exactly what's been yeah. going on, but you know, do you think you know that that's a, that's alarm bell straight away? If if of course you know there is anything in it, I would severely doubt it. And to be honest with you, I mean, he's, he's a like I say, he's a big, he's a huge name in, in world football, but he is he is at the point of his career now. It's uh, it's winding down, uh, and you got to look at the way the way Celtic play, the, the, not just a signing policy. I mean, obviously they go for these kind of young guys with potential. Um, okay, you've got the short-term loans of, of, of Burke and Ware, but they've also brought in uh, Bayou, who's a young lad. And it's the same model I've had for years, this kind of get them young potential and then perhaps sell them on to the English Premiership, or English Premier League, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, market. Touré would be a, a complete and utter um, buck of that trend. And the way he's had to play that kind of that fast-pressing game, I, I struggle to see where he would he would fit into that, that system. Um that kind of high intensity, high pressing, um, mm-hmm. very mobile kind of game. Yeah. Listen, he's a world class player. I mean, you would think you'd be able to cope uh, with six months in Scotland, but at his age and the setup at Celtic, it would be a weird one to see him slot in. I'd be astounded if he if he, if yeah. he came to Celtic Park. And obviously, there's um, finances as well. I mean, he's not going to he's not going to come. 
cheap in terms of wages. I wouldn't, is he? I wouldn't have thought so, but, but the most short term of short term moves. Uh-huh. I think his brother coming in came in at a time when, when certainly had injury problems at centre back and the European games coming in thick and fast. He came in and done something like a turn basically. Um, he played the qualifiers, helped get something to the, the Champions League, and then even that six months period, you could tell by the end of by Christmas, he looked. Any time you saw him, I didn't mm-hmm. see much of him after that, to be honest. But any time you did see him, it looked as though he was, he was pretty much finished. I remember seeing him at the, the, the come out the car park at, at Lennox Town, and he looked as though he was struggling to get in his car. The big fella, <laughs> he looked like me after five of sides. Uh, and yet at that point, you think I don't think we're going to see much more of him. And sure uh-huh. enough, I don't think we saw him playing. I think maybe he appeared one game towards the end of that season, uh-huh. um, and he was roughly that kind of similar age that, that Yaya is now. Uh-huh. Um, so, but a huge name, but. I think that's all it would be at this stage, mm-hmm. um, given what we've heard from Greece in the last kind of start, um, in his last move. So uh, again, I, I don't think that's one. I can understand this. Celtic fans want a name, they want a marquee signing, mm-hmm. especially like this. Listen, look across the city and they see Jermaine Defoe, and they think, well, that, that's like a guy that, that they would quite fancy seeing in Comet Parkhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that, and it's every every January there's this clamour for a, a marquee signing. But I don't think that would be the, the smartest marketing signing they could make, to be uh-huh. honest with you. Yeah, because as you say, it would just completely buck the trend of yeah. you know, what they've become. Yeah, a bit as slot in. I mean, yeah. that's the thing, yeah. Moving on from Yaya Toure to Olympiacos, right back Omar El Abdullawi. Uh, Michael, what do you make of this story? Celtic do need to look at that position short yeah. and long term. Uh, and this guy does fit the bill. I mean, I do like, I mean, it's such a cliche, but I've had it with managers in the past, mentioned that go and get a, a, a big Scandinavian defender. Because <laughs> um, it's, um, it's such a cliche, but they're uh-huh. they, they, they not going to be find it hard to settle in Scotland. The, uh-huh. the game's pretty similar. Um, it's usually a kind of seamless uh, uh, move. Um, so that kind, of, that kind of player does fit the mould. Um, and I think that is a kind of market Celtic are in just yeah. now so that's an area they'll need to look at played under Ronnie Dyla as well yeah um, 27 can can play at right midfield as well if if required well, that, that, that played at international level like so I say every box is ticked because the Celtic fullbacks aren't technically old fashioned fullbacks I mean it's, the Celtic system tends to be quite fluid it can be 3-4-3 three, can be 4-2-3-1 can be 3-5-2 the full, and the full backs tend to be when you look at Kieran Tierney on the other side he doesn't play left back he plays a kind of left midfield wing back mm-hmm. with a right back usually more like a right back if it's if it's Lustig but then they can switch and he one sits back and so the right back has to be pretty flexible and that so like I say this, this fella does fit the bill yeah and that kind of uh, what we hear obviously I'm not I don't watch Greek football that religiously. No, we're not uh, going to claim it to be Greek football no, experts, are no. we? But um, no, I, certainly on paper, he does look. Yeah. Um, and we just touched on Lustig there as well. He was speaking to the press in Sweden, and it, it seems from his point of view, he, I mean, he definitely wants to stay at Celtic, but his words were um, I think basically that the ball is in Celtic's court. So it, it kind of suggests that there's not been too much movement on a maybe a, an extra year on his contract. Yeah, you listen, we have you have to be realistic his, his contract offer next time isn't going to be what he's on just now mm-hmm. either in terms of length or in terms of, of finance yeah. that's just the way of the world you get to a certain age perhaps your your role is going to be diminished in the side the contract reflects it um, so it may come down to I think one, I think he'll end up back um, maybe in, in Norway or Sweden that kind of thing um, at some point yeah. in his career just a case of when um, if 
he gets a, a two or three year deal somewhere. I think they might take it for the sake of his kind of family. Listen, it's, it's, it's their job. People forget that it's a football player's job as well. Yeah. Um, as much as it's tough to hear as a as a punter. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll come, these will come down to it. I mean, I think I think Brendan Rodgers would like to keep him around for another year or two. Yeah, because he is a solid performer. Yeah, I mean, it certainly makes sense. I mean, because if they get rid of Lustig and then bring in another first choice right back, you are maybe then thinking, well, we need cover. Well, in this a, position, it's the really. argument I've always had about, about Lustig. I know people uh, who are kind of quite strongly. Uh, opposed to him being a team at the moment, but if, look at his CV on paper, and you say, there's a, listen, there's a chance of getting a guy here who's, who's th- 31 years old, played in World Cups, he's got 60-odd caps for Sweden, and he's available for X per week. Um, what do you think? People would snap up, they would think, we can get this guy in, this would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that it's maybe um, people are are used to seeing the side, but the guy you couldn't sign, it cost a, for- it cost a fortune. Yeah. Um, so to, and to replace it, look, you're saying four, four to eight million pound for a guy who who could replace him, and I guarantee the guy that would come in wouldn't be as good as a 27 year old Michael Lustig. No, I doubt it. Yeah. So it, it's it's a difficult one because uh-huh. he is a, a solid performer. Jinky will stay another year. I don't know. I think I think he might. I think he might go. Um, talking to a few folk um, before Christmas. Suggestion was that it was almost a done deal. Um, in Copenhagen was the one that was mentioned. I think mm-hmm. it was. Um, or at least the deal's there for him yeah um, um, and I think it may come down to let's say family and uh, and his future um, so I, I could see him and, excuse me it also depends on who's here to bring in yeah if they can get somebody in um, either now or with a view to the summer the summer that'll, that'll change it as well but I could I could see him I can see him moving on uh-huh. and I will just kind of keeping on the theme of players who are incoming there's been a uh, suggestion that um, a deal for young American uh, defender Andrew Goodman who obviously was on was on trial at Rangers um, there's also talk of the American youngster Manny Perez obviously Timothy Weir's American as well but yeah, he's yeah. come from Paris Saint-Germain but with those those two in particular Goodman and Perez is this, does this look like Celtic are maybe trying to tap into the, the market over in America in terms of you know bringing in these young project players or is that yeah I think I think it's a market that they always look at I mean we, do, I'm, I'm, we just don't know what level they're at I mean mm-hmm. the, the lad um, Goodman um, he's won various accolades in the States but listen he's only played I think he's the fourth tier yeah. in America it's college level it's, isn't it it's, uh, co- yeah. it's kind of college kind of level yeah Um and remember listening to Nico Cranshaw talking about his time in I think the second division in America mm-hmm. and it sounded pretty low key kind of a couple of thousand folk maybe at times watching it and it didn't sound particularly an impressive standard the MLS itself I watched a bit of it um, and you sometimes think the skybox is running slow I don't know if you watch it <laughs> I know I have I, I, yeah. it sometimes looks like you're, che- you're checking your, your remote in case you've got it in the wrong, the wrong speed uh-huh. um, so I don't I don't think it's the most intense Listen, I think it's some nice skillful players at that level, but I don't think it's it's the most intense football, mm-hmm. especially in terms of um, Scottish football is the complete opposite. It's 100 miles an hour. Yeah. You've got uh, the skybox slowed down. Yeah. I, um, uh-huh. So we don't know. And a young lad, he's, well, he's a young lad, he's not that young. Mm-hmm. Young in American terms, coming yeah. out of college. Um, so I don't think he'd be a player that would be going straight into the team, that's for no. sure. Uh-huh, it's another one maybe down the line. Uh-huh. Um, to see where he, where he ends up but listen by all accounts he's, he's a prospect and I think he was getting offered a contract in America 
um, professional contract in the MLS. I think they're looking to get him into that level. Uh-huh. No, he's certainly not going to be at that. No, he's not going to be competing with, with uh-huh. Lustig for that right back role anytime. Link, and then we had uh, another story kind of uh, broke on Sunday about the possibility of James Forrest. But, um, you know, so just you know, kind of aside from, you know, the likelihood of that ever happening, do you think, in the English Premier League? I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a huge James Forrest fan. He's going to be absolutely sensational. Um, I think he's a crack metal player. Um, I think um, slightly underappreciated through the years. Um, I think the last, especially the last two seasons under Brendan Rodgers, he's really he's really kicked on. Added that kind of um, cutting edge to his game in terms of his finishing and his crossing and that kind of stuff. Um, can he play at top? A lot of people are the best team in the country right now, so I, I can't see him getting that sacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I mean Adam Lallana, who was um, linked with with along with the Rangers, that was not going to happen either. Can't get a game for that team. There's a guy with what twenty odd caps for England, thirty five million pound rated player. Yeah. Um, could Forrest cut it in the English Premier League? Oh, definitely. And I think you're looking maybe top, as, as James would probably say, I know, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I've sucked into James Forrest for a second there. Um, um, I think he could cut it, yeah. I think he could. Liverpool, that's another level again. Uh-huh. The, English, the English system is, is a kind of um, kind of three-tier league, isn't there? There's like is, the top uh, yeah. six, the middle section, and then the rest can all go down. There's always about three and one. And I, think he could, I think he could crack that middle section um, without Definitely. a doubt. Cause he got, he's got attributes that, that managers love. He's got pace, and he's, he's got a high-end product. Yeah. Um, so I could, I could. But can I see him cracking Liverpool? That's a different matter. And anyway, eight million quid. I think Celtic would be sticking a one in front of that. Yeah, that's what, that was my you. next question. Eight yeah. million seems for yeah. you know guy who's been so key. Yeah, the only uh, thing is he's twenty seven now. I think James Forrest. Uh-huh. Surprisingly, um, making us feel a bit old. Haven't seen him for for years and years and years. Exactly. But he's twenty seven now. He's not a kid any longer. Um, but this is his prime. So he's on a long term contract at Celtic. So they would be looking for. I mean, you look at some of the transfer fees in England. I mean, um, Dominic Solanke, twenty million quid. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, the top seventy-five yeah. million pound. I mean, so the market has gone absolutely haywire. So I mean, eight million quid. I mean, Jurgen Klopp could find that back to the back of his couch yeah, for yeah. a player. Um, and I think the market he's in, that's not. I don't think that's the kind of player that he's looking at. No disrespect to to, to James, because mm-hmm. like I think he's a good player. Um, but um, I would think Celtic would want far, far more than eight million quid. Mm-hmm. And I think Liverpool are shopping in a different a different store. Uh-huh. But Changing things have happened. No, definitely, they certainly have. Um, again, at Celtic as well, uh, we're rattling off these names here. We've got <laughs> Lewis, uh, Lewis Morgan and Jack Hendry potentially going out on loan this month. I think uh, the obvious connection with Morgan was Jack Ross down at Sunderland, but he's, yeah. he's all but he's all but ruled that out. At least you know this month anyway. Yeah. Uh, do you think it would be beneficial for the likes of Morgan to go out? I think I think so. Yeah, I think his chance to be limited at, at Celtic. Um, a wee bit of a strange sign when he came in to be honest um, but you look at I, mean, I think the example everyone looks at now is, is Ryan Christie mm-hmm. he made three loan spells away from Celtic one at Inverness back when he signed and then two at Aberdeen um, in a row and he's come back looked like a kind of periphery figure and then forces went to the side and became a kind of key, key man in the second half of the, the mm-hmm. first half of the season Um so Morgan, I don't think Morgan is, 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 is by any stretch of imagination finished at Celtic, but I think a yeah. loan spell could do him a bit of good. Uh-huh. I mean, you look at, like, I mean, Hibs are mentioned, I think that, you look at that, we'd be made to go to Hibs, really, that'd mm-hmm. be a good move for him. Yeah. Um, you get games and they need a, a, a kind of attacking player as well. Um, Jack Henry, I think, I, I, you feel from a little bit, I think he, he got promoted a wee bit 
quicker than I think than anyone expected. Yeah, that, he ended up playing he... some pretty big games. Yeah, due to injuries, and I think he was maybe overexposed. I mean, he only played about what twenty odd games for Dundee. Ah, uh-huh, exactly. Coming up from England, having not not really done that much in England. Um, so I think he was perhaps overexposed a little yeah. bit. I think um, his first impressions sometimes are hard to shake. Yeah, yeah. When Listen, there's, a, there's still there's a player in there, mm-hmm. um, but not yet. I think needs needs time, and it's a it's a pretty tough training ground at Celtic. I mean, the big games come thick and fast. And yeah. Um, I think he was it was a little bit unfortunate on him that he did find himself in the team more often than, than perhaps would have been intended to. Uh, but he's a young lad. I mean, he also remember pitched right at the Scotland team as well. Um, so there's a lot quite a lot quite quickly for mm-hmm. him um, and he's kind of slipped back down the pecking order but I think listen centre half is a baby for a centre half exactly um, yeah. I think it takes him years to, I mean it'll be another four or five years before you get to see him at his, his peak so I think he could go on and be a, a, I mean, he's got all the attributes I mean he's big strong I mean, he's great on the ball mm-hmm. Um it does give it away too many too many times, yeah. Um, which is just caused problems. That's just, you know, um, typical of young but, players, though, isn't nah, it? He's, uh, he's picked into the environment. I think he played, he played against the Athens game. He played in, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> unfortunately for him, giving the ball away quite a lot in the first half meant that that, that Kieran Tierney had spent the whole whole night doing eighty yard shuttle runs <laughs> trying to cover the cover the damage, uh-huh. and it meant that in the latter part of that game he was completely completely out of the game, completely knackered. Um, and it led to the, the momentum changing that tie, which eventually cost Celtic. Um, but he wasn't; he was, shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, um, he was overexposed. So uh, again, a loan spell out would, oops, um, would perhaps do him a bit of good. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, um, yeah, Christie, the, the example of Christie's, you know, perhaps might do a lot to sort of change perceptions because there is sometimes that kind of thing where, you know, you see a, a young player going out on loan in the immediate. Reaction of some people is, oh well, that's his, that's his time up. Yeah, that's yeah, the beginning of the end. Right. But it's Grant and has shown that it's not necessarily, yeah, not necessarily but, the case. But it? also the case, of Celtic need to that squad needs a good bit of trimming. trimming. I mean, yeah. there's, I think there's about thirty odd, thirty six, thirty seven players in the first team squad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's far too big. Um, so they do need to get a lot of these guys off the books because I mean, they're sitting there picking up wages, and not doing an awful yeah. lot. Um, so they do need to get, either get out on loan and get moved somewhere else, or or, uh, or find another another club. Because yeah. it's no use, no use to anyone um, sitting around doing nothing every week. Yeah, who would you say is perhaps first to in line to, to go? <laughs> it's a name that always crops up. It's a lad of, I mean, Scott Harlan's one. Yeah, he, he, he's back in the, the news recently. I think with Hibs interested. Um, I think there'll be a few. I think there'll be a few clubs that fancy him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going. He's not going to be. A, a player at Celtic in the long term I think that's pretty evident but he's a good player and he yeah. will he will do a job somewhere I mean, um, you forget he's 27 now Scott Allen you know it's it's a guy he's, I mean, he's a good season at Hibs um, his career he's, we're still waiting for his career to kick off mm-hmm. and it's not going to kick off kicking around the reserves or no. kicking around the, um, the fringes at Celtic he needs to get out and playing games um, listen he made a few quid at Celtic and I can't blame him for, for that um, but at some point he'll have to Maybe take a step back to take two sets forward, mm-hmm. um, and, and there would no, there would be a lot of clubs interested in him. Um, there'd be a, a stampede for him, I'd imagine. Yeah, especially in Scotland. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt, yeah. Uh huh. Um, and well, if we can just take a look at, obviously, we've had the, the three incomings: Burke, Weah, and uh, Bio. So maybe discussed before about how you know these are kind of the classic. Well, Bio in particular, you know, because he's obviously the only one that's signed permanently. But kind of project, 
uh, signings um, kind of fitting the you know the model at Celtic. Um, but if we can just maybe look at how um, how these guys are going to fit into the team, you know, cause especially you know Bergen Way in particular here for six months, they're obviously coming here with a view to, yeah. to playing these guys. You'd think straight away. Um, where do you where do you expect to see the likes of Burke and Weir and obviously Bio as well fitting in in terms of the positions, playing time? What do you expect to see? I, I can see Burke actually competing with James, or backing up James Forrest. I think I think James Forrest has been pretty much flogged. Uh, this season um, he's the one that's played week in week out and, and he probably needs a wee bit of help um, so I can see him and him and Burke maybe rotating a wee bit for that kind of wide right um, kind of role mm-hmm. I can see that maybe see a return to the start, the start of the season then but obviously the, the, the Dembele and Edward front line is a kind of almost almost a two but not quite a two um, that kind of three five two that, that Rodgers uh-huh. went uh-huh. with at the start of the season which looked really good I mean Edward off the left I think actually I touched on that, that game against Athens. I think the first half, when they two were right on it, mm-hmm. it looked it looked like Celtic were, were were going to be unstoppable with these two. Then barely goes the whole plan out the window. Uh, Lee Griffiths obviously had issues that meant he wasn't playing. So the whole kind of way of playing that they, they worked on all summer had to be ripped up. From what we hear, Bayou is um, a different kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's he's good in the air. Uh, yeah, I've I mean, seen that. Uh, I mean, what a lot of headed goals. We're all, we're all lying on kind of YouTube for, for um, our <laughs> yeah. Slovakian football. Uh-huh. Um, again, a bit like the Greek football. We don't, I've not got the subscription for the Slovakian <laughs> Tatanta. I had to cancel that. I couldn't it. afford the um, uh, Premier Sports at, um, Slovakian package. <laughs> um, so, but what, what looks like he's good in the air, which is, but certainly haven't got anyone decent there. I mean, Eduard, for all, he's got a lot of abilities. Um, he's big strength, not in the air, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, he's not a great header of the ball. Um, so he might bring that a, a, a different dynamic. So I think you'll see Bayou up front with Eduard off, mm-hmm. back to that role, whereas the kind of Dembele Eduard yeah. um, formation they had at the start of the season, I think he might get back to that again. Yeah. So you, could you see Bayou coming you know, straight in? Because, I, I mean, you I, had... Well, I think I'm just going to say, like, the, when Eduard came in initially, he was kind of eased in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but could you see Bayou maybe... Again, as you said, but, straight in with Edward playing off him. I think, I mean, you look at his his, his record this season. He's hot. Mm-hmm. He's obviously full of confidence. Yeah. So I think I think you might see him pitched in early to see how he is. If it takes him a bit of time to find his feet, they might bring him back out again. So mm-hmm. I think you might see him thrown in fairly early to see how he. How, I mean, he's, he's not a hot streak. Yeah. I mean, strikers are notoriously streaky. So why not why not um, tap into that and let him see him get off, the, off to a flyer? Because if he's off to a flyer, he wouldn't look back. Um, but it's a great unknown. We don't we don't know we don't know the standard of the the Slovakian Slovakian league. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what the, the kids like himself how he settles in. Um, but if he if he keeps up that form, I don't see any reason why they would hold him back. Um, he's not he's not seventeen. He's he's twenty two, um, and he has travelled in his career so far already. So I think I think yeah, I could see him getting chucked right in and see how he takes it. And if it if it doesn't adapt straight away, then they can always take him back out because they have got Weir there as well. Uh-huh. Who's a, again a different kind of player? Yeah. Uh, again, um, but it gives them options. It's certainly the high options up front. Yeah, I think season. that was the the key. I think it was a key word that Brendan Rodgers used. It just gives them, it gives them, you know, something a bit different. Because I think that I suppose one of the criticisms that was levelled at them early on in the season before that change of system was that it was a wee bit one dimensional at times, and they yeah. were struggling to change games that weren't, you know, going in going in their favour. So again, yeah. the, the well. 
suppose the the thinking is that they won't have that problem now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact they had to go to, to Ibrox and play with a, a false nine or a loose nine, as, as yeah. some some call it, it's a bit ridiculous, really. I mean, the, the fact that there's so little options, I still think that the Dembele departure was handled pretty badly. I mean, the, the, there should be a list of players there to hit the button on in, in case of emergency break glass. Um, so as soon as Dembele checks out at midday and kind of list one to five in the list, can get one of them to do a job. Um, that was a bit of a blunder, to be honest. Yeah. It's all right saying that the Dembele deal caught them on the hop. Uh-huh. It wasn't two minutes to midnight on Tadlin Day. It was, it was two minutes to midday yeah. when, he, um, when he checked out. Um, and every other club in the country could take business done that day. So I, I, I think that was a mistake. Um, but it's too late now. But at, at this point in time, they've addressed it. Yeah, and they have got now they have got options, so they could they could they can chop and change it, and even mid game, which is where they haven't really been able to do that in the last couple of months. Exactly, and do you think there's anybody in the current squad who might be looking at these signings and getting a wee bit worried about their playing time, maybe dropping, losing their place at all? Is there anybody? Well, you you look at that at, at team, and it's Celtic are relied on the same faces. Pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same guys that have, have carried the team this this year. I mean, I mean Tierney, McGregor, Forrest. Um, the other ones that have kind of really um, carried that side. You think guys like maybe Joseph Simonovic right, might be in the wall for them long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Boyata and Benkovic will both be gone in the summer. Yeah. Um, you think he'd see it as an opportunity to kind of really push the back in the side again, but I don't know if it's maybe too far down the line yeah, I think a centre back yeah. still a priority um, or, or maybe even two centre backs would be a priority mm-hmm. um, people talk about Scott Brown but I don't think Scott Brown's still got plenty to offer um, I know that I think Silly did look good with, with Callum McGregor in that middle of the park in that role mm-hmm. but in the, the games against better sides I, I still think he's not got that natural defensive mind Yeah, um, and we saw it in, in the European game um, that he was I'm not saying showing up because he hasn't come he's the best yeah, player in Scotland all season uh-huh. but it, it showed you the kind of influence that, that, that Scott Brown has yeah. in the side in those kind of games uh-huh. the um, need for just something a bit different <coughs> I suppose isn't it yeah yeah. so I think there's still plenty of offer from Scott Brown in there as well um, and then Tom, Tom Rogic's season hasn't started at all mm-hmm. I mean obviously he's broke his hand out and we're playing with Australia but it doesn't look as though it's going to be too bad uh-huh. um, in terms of long term but his season's been written off so far he's not really featured enough yeah. this year so you think he's got to force his way back in um, but so all of a sudden it does look as though Celtic have got more options mm-hmm. so they maybe not have to rely on the same three or four guys to, to drive aside you're looking at Olivia and, and Cham to, to kick on again he's had a poor season so far having started it pretty well He's been poor. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously picked up an injury in the, in the League Cup semi-final as well. Never been the same since. He was he was pretty poor at Ibrox. I mean, yeah. a lot of the attention was on Scott Brown after the Ibrox game. But Cham was equally, if not if not as, or if not worse, than than, than, than Scott Brown, I thought. Um, but people say Scott Brown, you know, he's 33's past it. Well, Cham's got 13 years, 12 Ten years on him, Aye, exactly. and it was, it was equally as poor. So there was no excuse there. I just uh-huh. don't think he was fit. And I, I don't know how fit he is. Just looked miles <coughs> off, it, didn't he? Just didn't fit at all. Yeah, just looked miles off, didn't he? But um, so they need doesn't need big big second half of the seasons from from Cham Rogic these guys. Uh-huh. Is there a slight worry at, at left back with you know that Kieran Tierney seemingly struggling to, to shake off this this hip problem? That Rogers not not ruling out him having to go for surgery. Could that? Yeah. Well, again, a player that's played a lot of football and he's maybe mm-hmm. feeling the effects of it all. 
Um, but it gets back to, listen, we spoke about it a few times on this podcast. The recruitment hasn't been great. So the guys that are the backup for Tierney, Tierney, I mean, uh, Izzy Gary come back. Johnny Hayes is a left wing back these days. Um, they weren't trusted at Ibrox, which that says it all. The fact that the guys that are brought in to, to be Tierney's backup weren't trusted in the biggest game of the season so far suggests that they're, they're not going to be long-term solutions if, if Tierney is going to be out for a while. Mm-hmm. So as a concern, because he's a key player. Yeah. Like he's one of the guys that dragged Celtic along this season. Uh-huh. So it's a major worry that if he's not fit. As a Gary could do it, I think can do a job most weeks. Um, I think that was the Aberdeen game. He was guilty of a, a penalty kick. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, it wasn't too clever and he got hooked and he's not been seen. He wasn't seen since. Um, <clears throat> but if he couldn't be trusted, he shouldn't have been signed. So if they need to go and buy a left back to cover for Tierney, that's what they need to do. Uh-huh. Um, um, because if he is going to be for a while, it is an issue because he is such a key player. We don't, but then you can't replace Kieran Tierney because no. you're, you're talking about a guy <laughs> no. who's going to command. A, a colossal fee when uh-huh. they do sell him if they do sell him so uh, you, do, you don't replace him um, but they need to find somebody they can trust to step in there Yeah. Um, so perhaps still work to do this I month I think so I think there's a bit of work not even just this not even just for January in the next six months I'm thinking even longer term uh-huh. um, a lot of this, this, this silly team is coming to the end of its cycle is, is is an old phrase used? Was it old, was it Pedro Casinas old phrase? About Aberdeen fucking <laughs> your cycle. Um, Take your pick from Pedro's phrases. That's one mundane quotes. But I think there is work to be done. Uh, that, that squad um, to be ready for for next year, um, and it remains to be seen what they're going to be, what the qualifiers will be next year at mm-hmm. this point in time. Because the leagues that we won. Yeah. Uh, and well, obviously with the transfer window in full swing, I suppose it's easy to forget that the actual football is back in a few Hallelujah. days. Uh, <laughs> so it's a fairly low key return for Celtic home to Airdrie's kind of going well, decent in League One. Um, but is that a, is that a good game to come back to that to maybe bed in a couple of the new the new the new faces? Yeah, it's a pretty gentle return, isn't it? Really, yeah. no disrespect to the Airdrie. I'm um, just glad to have some football. I think in the last it's meant to break's great for players to relax, but it's torture for the rest of us. Exactly. I think the, the Star Sixes didn't really cut it in terms of our sport for the, no, it, the it winter, it, and that was another glorious Scotland. Well, uh, exactly, well, so. exactly. It was a familiar feeling of woe. Um, so we good to see some football again. Um, but I think it is a pretty. I mean, a home tie. Um, quarter past five kickoff on a Saturday night isn't going to bring out the masses I wouldn't have thought no it's not is it um, so I don't think there's going to be a, a huge crowd I think January's a tough month at the best times for, for um, a quarter past five on a Saturday night ticket might be a uh, kickoff might be a, a tricky one to get the masses out for Celtic Park Celtic you think to be refreshed and recharged after mm-hmm. the break um, and it may be a chance to get a few of the new boys out on, on the pitch as well mm-hmm. and just looking at uh, game. We've got St Mirren at home, Hamilton at home, and then St Johnston at home. It's it's a good, it's a good I run of games. Celtic have got ten in the last eighteen league games at, at Celtic Park as well. Um, that's an advantage. It's away from home. I mean, Celtic and Rangers are both been pretty poor mm-hmm. away from home this year. Um, it's trickier. I think they've got Aberdeen in there uh, and a few. Uh, a yeah, few. well, obviously they they start back in away and then home to St Mirren and then Aberdeen away. So that's well, it's it, kind of polar opposite. It is. It? It's, it is. Uh, weeks could. Make or break the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I mean, I don't think the challenge is going away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now what's that? Eighteen games to go, so there's there's still plenty of points available. They should have the advantage uh-huh. in the first first stretch, but it's, um, it's able to sort that out. Yeah, but I, I don't know if they will be able to sort it out because I think we've seen the league this year. <clears throat> Steve Clark, Craig Levine, Derek McInnes, Jim McIntyre now going to Dundee. Uh, Neil Lennon, obviously, uh, he, he, he's, uh, right through the division, 
there's experienced wily bosses that are experts at getting the best out of teams mm-hmm. and getting to overperform, especially at home against better teams. Um, so it's no surprise to me that teams that the the Celtic Rangers are big to are, are struggling uh-huh. because they're, they're up against teams that are are so well drilled that um, they make life really difficult. So I'm not surprised by it. It's it's um, it's because there's, there's some. Old foxes and, and dugouts all over the country. <laughs> um, I don't think we've had a better, a better spell, really, in terms no, of No, we haven't. Well, it's hard to remember. You look at experience that they've all got. I mean, 500 games plus, some of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them as managers and, and, and coaches. So it's, it's um, it makes it it makes it tactically a battle every week to get the better of these teams because they're so well drilled. Mm-hmm. I well, It's definitely set up to be a, a really exciting last few months of the season. But in the meantime, we'll be back next week. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Um, if you want to subscribe, you can find us on Acast at Record Celtic and we're also on iTunes as well. If you want to join the debate, we're on Twitter at Record Sport and you can also find us on Facebook as well. Thanks to Michael for joining me and we'll be back again next week. <laughs>